Hey everyone, today we are going to talk about how to shift from mom mode to work mode and back again without losing your mind, which is, I think for a lot of us, something that we struggle with and also something that has come up more and more with everything that's been going on. I know uh, my kids are getting ready to go partially virtual and they were all the way virtual last year, so there was a lot of switching back and forth for me. And then also, you know, if you have kids that are sick or need extra help, you have to kind of switch back and forth multiple times during the day. It's not just like a from mom to work and then from work to mom. <laughs> Balancing building a successful business and being a superstar mom is hard. And yet, in today's digital world, it's more common than ever. The question becomes, how do we successfully grow a business and children at the same time? Join us for a candid conversation as we share our experiences and insights into marketing and motherhood. I'm Jessie Valle. And I'm Angela Reeder. Welcome to the Marketing Moms Podcast. Yeah, I feel you on that one. I feel like with me having my dedicated office like down in the basement away from the family it's a little easier for me to when I enter this room I'm in work mode and when I exit the room I'm in mom mode but there are a lot of times I take the laptop out of this room and I want to be around my family when I'm working but when I do that it's either combining work mode and mom mode together or it's like Switch, 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 switch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And with my desk being in our living room, there's like a lot of traffic through here when the kids are home. So it's just a constant switch back and forth. Yeah. I think this kind of goes hand in hand a bit with our episode last week about when we sit down to work, how much we're actually getting done. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and check that one out as well. But this is, to me, some of the same solutions. Yeah. Yeah, I know one of the things that I do, and my kids being a little older, um, it makes it a little easier, but I've done it since they were kids, so they're or since they were little, so they're kind of used to it, um, is that... I have set times during the day that I'll kind of stop and check in with them. And I think I talked about that a little bit on our episode about like time blocking where I have certain times a day where I'll kind of go check in. Like, does anybody need a snack? Is there anything you want to tell me what is happening on your show and things like that? And that sort of cuts down a little bit on the interruptions, but of course, you know, there's always going to be something <laughs> Yeah. And I really like that being able to just say, you know what, I have something important that I need full attention for coming up, or I have a meeting with a client or something like that. So I'm going to make it a point to right before that time, go and make sure the kids are good, get them snacks, get them happy, get them settled. Basically trying our best to prep them for the least amount of interruptions. Yeah, for sure. And then also, like we talked about last week, having 
taking a look at your day and seeing what parts of your day are least likely to be interrupted if your kids go to school or if they have like a preschool or a play date that they go to through the week where you have a section of time that you aren't going to be interrupted and making sure that that is like actual work time and not like admin time, checking your email, getting lost in Facebook time. Yeah. I think that especially when the kids are home, so during breaks, during, you know, like summer vacation, the even the longer breaks, or even just, you know, one day off for a teacher in service or something like that. Yeah. I think that makes sitting down to plan even that more crucial mm-hmm. because instead of just trying to fly by the seat of your pants, you're like, okay, well, I know, like, for example, right now, I know that my family is still sleeping. So yeah. I can reasonably record this with you uh, with the least chance of interruptions because they're all asleep. And, you know, even if they're home, just knowing that kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah, that happens for me during especially summer break, the real long break, where I will still get up not as early as when my kids go to school, but I will still get up early so that I can have a couple hours of uninterrupted time before they start waking up and like asking for breakfast and moving around the house. And I try to have those times before like recording the podcast or recording videos for clients or things that require a lot of attention and save some of the other things for a little later in the day when it won't be as crucial to not be interrupted. I mean, this is a really great point or time to point out that you just because these are tips we're offering doesn't mean you have to follow them. Like I know, and we've talked about this in the past, I personally am the type of person that can wake up, jump into getting work done and just go, 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 go. Because I prefer to do my heaviest work immediately and get it out of the way. That's how my brain functions. Angela's a little different. She wakes up and she needs a little bit of time to herself before she can get into work. So even if we wake up at the same time, we're utilizing that time differently, but it doesn't mean that one of us is right and one of us is wrong. It's just a matter of plotting it out and knowing that we're using the time wisely, right? Like for Angela, sitting down and having a cup of coffee and just like waking up for the day is productive for her. That's a valuable use of her time. It wouldn't be for me. (laughs) Yep. And I think too, one of the things that we both do is we have a dedicated space for work. Um, Mm -hmm that is also kind of a visual indicator for our kids. Like my kids know if I'm sitting at my desk, I'm probably working. Like I don't necessarily sit at my desk for other stuff. Um, if you're in your office, your kids know you're probably working. Um, and my kids will know, like if they see me with my laptop in my chair, I'm probably not working. I'm probably playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have that visual cue of mom's at her desk, she's working. And one of the important things, and I know we've talked about it in the past, is setting your kids up for success with those routines and habits. And, you know, my kids were like three, four, and eight, I think, when I started, or younger, maybe. And... So a lot of 
this is that consistent training of teaching them when they see this or when I say this, it means don't interrupt. You have to wait just a few minutes. And also that if I say, give me like 10 minutes that they know in 10 minutes, I'm going to get up and help them. And it's not like a constant, like, give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a minute. I'm laughing because my kids know if I say 10 minutes, it means 30. (laughs) (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. My kids will come check on me if they feel like it's been more than 10 minutes. (laughs) I feel like you said 10 minutes. Um, And normally my husband giving me crap, like, um, is it really 10 (laughs) minutes or are we talking an hour? Right. Yeah. No, no, really. And sometimes I leave it a little open-ended. Like I'll say, let me finish writing this email and Mm. you know, so, but yeah. And so I think a lot of it, whether you are a service provider or, you know, you have a product, things like that is giving your kids those consistent cues so that they know not only that it's time for you to work, but also they know that when you're done, then they get your attention. Yeah. And I'm really bad at that. So, and I say that because I get so many messages directly to my phone. Like even though I've walked away from my office, even though I've walked away from my computer, I'm still getting hit up with questions and conversations and things like that. So sometimes it's really hard. Like my family, again, the cues are starting to know that if I'm sitting there like really focused on my phone, chances are I'm working and I'm like zoned into that. And that's not really fair to my family. That's a whole nother issue, I think, but (laughs) it's, yeah. I mean, that's gotta be a whole nother issue of being able to set aside and say, okay, this is my work time. This is my done time. But this episode being more about switching between mom mode and work mode and back and forth and back and forth, uh, I think that we've laid down some really helpful things so far, like having a dedicated space and having those dedicated cues for your family. But sometimes work just finds you or mom mode just finds you when you're working, right? Like no matter what you're doing, you're going to get interruptions the other way. So one thing I do if, let's say I'm in the middle of mom mode and then I get this message that I need to answer, I will excuse myself from the room and go to a different room by myself for a couple minutes. And so by removing, like physically removing myself from the situation, that's me saying, okay, I'm switching back to work mode. And when I re-enter the room, I'm switching back to mom mode. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that it's not just for our kids, it's for us as well. Um, We talk about having like the dedicated space where this is where I work and then also having those cues for ourselves that like, okay, it's time to switch into work mode or it's time to switch into mom mode so that we have kind of a like a bookended section, you know especially if you do get like a long period of time, like while the kids are at school or something to work, to have like um, something that you do to start the day and then something that you do to end the day so that your brain kind of gets that cue that, okay, it's time to end work mode and go back into mom mode. Yeah. And I think for people who work outside the home, that's a lot easier, right? Yeah. And when I used to work outside the home, I would love my drive, right? Because my drive was the time that I could listen to any podcasts or audiobooks or music or whatever I was feeling in the moment. 
and I would gear myself up for the day that way and then wind down. Because my commute home, (laughs) quote unquote, is a walk up the staircase, I've lost that decompression time and and that's that's been kind of hard too to switch especially after a particularly stressful day just finding a way to decompress before you re-enter your family is probably a really great idea I should try that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we've seen not just with moms but as more and more people are working from home um, due to a lot of things, we are seeing more people say, like, even if they live by themselves, that they didn't realize how important it was to have that, like, drive to work to get your brain into work mode and then the drive home to, like, decompress and be ready to be home. And that a lot of people are having a hard time, like, switching from you know, okay, I got up and I had breakfast and now it's really for real time to go to work (laughs) or back again. You know, you get done with work and you go to do something, but then, oh, I remember I just need to do this thing. And then you end up back at your desk. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, I mean, because our podcast is about moms, we talk about moms, but it's not just a mom thing. There are, you know, everybody kind of struggles with it a little bit. I just think when you're a mom and you have that added like external interruption of kids, then it gets a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I really agree with that. And and that's definitely something that's also hard just from the standpoint, like I was saying before, of having work on your phone. So that's when boundaries really help you switch back and forth between your personal life and your work life. And I'm not saying that they can't be mixed. You know, there are lots of times where I have the computer at the kitchen counter while I'm cooking dinner, while I'm watching the kids run around. Right. So sometimes, I mean, these are not one or the other. You're not in mom mode or work mode. You can be in both at the same time or neither at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But we all know those, those times are few and far between. Those are few and far between. Um, but you can mix them because at the end of the day, your work and your per- like mom mode, work mode, it's all your life. Yeah. So they can be mixed and there are ways to do it in a healthy manner. But when you find yourself starting to snap at the kids, like, stop, just, hey, I'm working. Yep. I just quiet for two minutes. Like, that's when you know that something is not working quite right and you need to find something different, like removing yourself from that room or trying to get whatever it is you're doing at that moment, trying to plot it out next time so that you're not trying to do it when you're watching the kids. Yeah. And I would say for all of our moms out there that own their own businesses or run their own business or set their own schedules, um, one of the biggest things that I did for helping with that balance was letting my clients know that I had kids. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like when I first started, I had the idea because I, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. I had the, like the power suit and, and briefcase type idea of like a, a working mom or a business owner. And so I was very careful to like, try to present this very, very professional front to my business, which is good. I mean, it's good to be professional, 
But once I kind of switched out of that and I started telling people like, hey, I have kids, so you're probably going to see them pop up in a call or, you know, I may have to step away from my desk because one of them is sick or things like that. It made that a lot easier. The interruptions weren't as stressful if they came up during a call. Like I had already set the expectation with my client that that might happen. So it was less stressful to be like, okay, hold on just a second. And then address my kid and tell them, hey, you have to wait until I'm done with this call. And then they could leave and I could go back without feeling like, oh my gosh, I look so unprofessional or unprepared. Um, And also, you know, if something did happen and I had to email clients, be like, hey, my kid is sick today. I'm away from my desk, but I'll have this done at this time. Mm -hmm. um, It wasn't as unexpected for them because I had already set the expectation that like I do have to switch back and forth. And, you know, so if something happens, then this is what happens. Um, and you know, it was a little nerve wracking. I was worried like, Ooh, what if my clients don't want to, you know, work with me because I have kids, but like, if they don't want to work with me because I have kids, I don't want them for a client. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so much less stressful to be able to, you know, just tell people, Hey, I have kids. And sometimes that things get interrupted. If you're enjoying this candid chat, you can get early access, exclusive content, and more by supporting us on Patreon. Simply visit patreon.com forward slash marketing moms. Now back to the show. Yeah. And I'm just like internally cracking up right now. I know none of you guys can see Angela like I can while we're recording, but her cat is literally all over her desk. She's like (laughs) throughout that entire thing. She was constantly just push the cat away from the microphone, push the cat away, get the cat out of my face, get the cat. Like this cat was just like everywhere. And oh yeah, she didn't skip a beat. Right. (laughs) That just goes like, that is a prime example of just accepting that this is the way your work in life is yes. and you're just like embracing it, right? Like Angela's not getting upset. She's not like yelling at the cat or she's not, she's just like gently pushing the cat out of the yep. way and just <laughs> going on her merry way because she expects it. And I know we talk about this all the time, but the expectations, right? So mm-hmm. you have those expectations you know, for yourself on what work is and what mom mode is and things like that. So do yourself a favor and really sit down and and hash out those expectations so that they're more realistic and you're not let down by kind of like what you were saying, Angela, like the, I'm going to, when I'm working, pretend that I don't have kids. No, that's not Mm -hmm. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think anyone that has kids knows that that's not realistic. And I think too, like I have had clients after I've said, you know, Hey, I have kids, you know, I've had clients say, Oh, I mean, I have kids too. So you might see, or, and also they feel less, I think a little bit less nervous to tell me like, Oh, I can't make the meeting today. One of my kids is sick Mm -hmm. because I've already said like, I have kids. My kids are going to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think it's important that when you work with with people that they understand that your top priority is your family, right? At least mm-hmm. it is for me. And right. anybody who works with me understands that. So if I say, sorry, I'm going to be 10 minutes late because the toddler just had a blowout. <laughs> right. 
right? <laughs> that may or may not have happened before. Um, <laughs> like everybody's cool with it because they know that the meeting that we had planned is not my top priority. Right. My child is my top priority. And yeah. also people respect you for it when they understand what your priorities are in your life, right? Like setting those boundaries don't push people away. It helps people respect you and solidify your relationship with them. Yeah. So don't be afraid to stand up for what you need sometimes. So I think our kind of our general tips for this would be have a dedicated workspace if you can have those mental cues for yourself and for your family to let you know when it's, you know, when you're in work mode or when you're in mom mode uh, and setting expectations for yourself and the people you work with to make it a little easier when those do have to intersect. Mm-hmm. So your challenge today or this week is to probably set those expectations, right? Think about how you can incorporate those start and stop times, but also really think about how you can incorporate an entry and then decompression into your work time. Now, for some people, you get to sit down for an hour at a time or 30 minutes at a time. I still think even if it's just a 30 second or even a 10 second like deep breath or something like that to just like enter and exit work mode and mom mode, right? Just figure out what works best for you and implement it for like a week and and see how, how you feel. See if it changes anything for you. Yeah. And it can be something really simple. One of my things I do at the end of the day is that I take all of the stuff out of my downloads folder and put it in the recycle bin in my computer because, you know, I download documents and images and stuff through the day to work on the websites. And so just clearing that out and putting them in the recycling bin has become like a decompression for me and a way for me to tell my brain it's time to like switch modes. That's really cool. I'm like the opposite. I'm like the, but what if I need this five days from now? <laughs> well, you put it in the recycling bin and then on Fridays you empty the recycling bin. <laughs> okay. No, the hoarder Because if it's in like, the recycling yeah. bin, you can still get it back. <laughs> I'm such a, a digital hoarder, I should say. I, I'm actually like complete opposite right now in my home. Like you should have seen me. Um, so the... And uh, I think this is us transitioning into more home talk versus the episode. So if you were here just for the episode, we'll see you next week. Um, okay, so I don't know if you've seen on Netflix the the home edit women. So think of like, I know a lot of people have seen like the Marie Kondo stuff. And that's kind of how to, almost how to purge things, right? right. Like how to choose what you want to keep how to decide what to get rid of. And then I think of the home edit as the people who come in and then organize it all, right? Well, they just came out with a line of organizational bins and stuff for Walmart. (laughs) And I like immediately bought way too much (laughs) uh, money's worth of this stuff. Well, anyway, some of, so what was funny is I bought 
I bought two things just to get me started. Well, three, but anyway, (laughs) I opened up one and I like used it to organize some things in my pantry. The second one was supposed to be a a birthday gift for my (laughs) sister-in-law. And I say supposed to be because when I was done doing some stuff in the pantry, I'm like, if only I had a couple more bins and they're just sitting there in the package staring me down. And so so I was like, ah, forget it. And I opened it up. And so I, you should see my pantry is so nice and neat and organized. And I'm just like loving it. And just having those little organized, pared yeah. down spaces in my home makes me so ridiculously happy so it's funny it's like digital clutter I'm like in love with I can't throw anything away (laughs) digitally but physically I'm like in this crazy purge mode and I'm just like get rid of it and just to top that off I did immediately go back to walmart.com and and rebuy for the presents (laughs) for the presents (laughs) I have such a hard time keeping my pantry organized I found that part of it is just like box clutter, right? When you have just one pack of the Pop-Tarts left, do you need the whole box? Right. You know, when I had Um, just one, you know, one or two things left in something, did I need the entire box to go with it? I mean, and that happened a few times. So just pulling out that box clutter actually helped me a lot. Yeah. Ours is cans because we have a lot of like canned stuff that we keep mm-hmm. and I try to put them in rows like for each whatever the canned thing is but then like within a couple of weeks it's just turned into everybody just shoving the cans in there. <laughs> yeah that's kind of how I was too. The, the, I would say the cans are the one thing that I did not organize very well because I'm like I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a little bit of like one side is definitely like canned fruits and like your SpaghettiOs and things like that. The things the kids will eat. And then the other side is like the cooking stuff, like the beans and the 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 cream cream soups soups and yeah, all those things. The the Rotel. We're telling ourselves as Midwesterners with the cream of soups. (laughs) Yes. Um, we've got cream of celery, cream of chicken, cream of mushroom. Cream of mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the cream of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so that's been really nice. And then so my kids are six and two. And as my two year old approaches three years old, I'm looking around at all this infant stuff I still have. And I'm like, it's time. It's really, really time to get rid of this stuff. So I'm either going to give it to someone like my sister who's, you know, potentially going to have children. Still kind of, (laughs) yeah. Question mark. Um, Or I will donate it just so that it it can get, get good use because it isn't like all this stuff just sitting here is not getting good use in my home. Yeah, I was actually just talking about that with my sister-in-law the other day because when I had my oldest, and I'm like you, there's four years between my oldest and my middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I had my oldest, we were, her for her whole first year, we lived in this teeny tiny house. It was like a little under 500 square feet and laid out like really weird. So we didn't have space 
for anything extra. So the second my kid outgrew something, I donated it to the pregnancy center. And we actually donated so much the first year that we got like a handwritten card at the end of the year. (laughs) But then when we got the bigger house and it had, you know, then we kind of started to, things started to kind of collect. Accumulate, yeah. It wasn't as big a deal. And then so, you know, my middle came and she wasn't even done being a baby by the time we found out that I was going to have my youngest. So everything got carried over. But then my youngest, she started outgrowing things and it was like, well, we'll put it in the attic or we'll set it over Mm -hmm. here. And it was, it took so long to get rid of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done having kids. I know this so I can get rid of this stuff. I know some people are like, but I'll save this for when I have grandkids. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, no. When, you know, when that, my, my oldest is six. Okay. Hopefully yeah. I'm still very far away from that. So yes. um, I'm just going to get rid of it. And if I need anything as a grandma, I will have fun shopping as grandmas do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My oldest asked about something the other day because we were talking about we had saved so few things from when she was a baby, but we saved some of the bigger, like the bassinet mm-hmm. and things like that, the crib, so that we could, you know, in case we had another one, because those are kind of the bigger, more expensive things. And we were talking about how the bassinet had actually, I have three kids, but the bassinet had actually held like four kids because I let my sister-in-law use it between a couple of my kids. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Ooh, do we still have it? And I was like, no, we got rid of that years ago. And she was like, Oh, it would have been really cool to put my kids in the bassinet. That I, and I was like, that bassinet had gone through four kids. By the time you have kids, it's going to be so unsafe <laughs> to put kids. <laughs> in. <laughs> I know. And my sister and I were talking about, um, the car seats and how car oh, seats, yeah. you know, have the expiration dates and stuff. And I'm like, you know, the expiration date on this car seat's coming up. If you're going to have kids, you, you, you better get you better on that. You better have kids or your car seat's going to expire. <laughs> or, yeah. If you don't have kids in the next few months, like, <laughs> yes. um, you're not going to get a car seat a car. from me. You're going to have to yeah, buy, we had to a, buy car a car seat. seat for a second because we didn't know they expired. Mm. And so when I had my second and we went to the hospital, you know, they check your car seat before you can take baby home and so we like brought it in and they were like you can't leave with the kid until you have a car seat that's not expired (laughs) so we had to go get a car seat I was like I didn't know they expired (laughs) yeah (sighs) ah the things we do for the safety of our children Yes. And also I tell my oldest sometimes too, like by the time you have kids, it's going to, they're going to look totally different. They're going to have figured out all this other stuff. Like her car seat looks totally different than the car seat I rode in in the early eighties. Yeah. (laughs) Or no car seat at all. Or no car seat at all. That's the other thing. My kids asked me the other day, well, how old were you when you quit riding in the booster seat? Cause they're, you know, seven and eight, they're in the little boosters. And I was like, I didn't have a booster. (laughs) I didn't have those when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, I'm also laughing because we we recently got my daughter a new bike. Like, I would say this is like her first like real bike. 
it's still got training wheels and everything, but it's like the first one that's not, you know, 90% plastic. And so like, I'm sure with us, we were just like, hop on the bike and go. And then for her, I'm just like, where's your helmet? Where's your pads? Where's your... (laughs) Yes. You're my uncoordinated child. I know you're going to (laughs) fall. Even with training wheels, you're going to find a way. Yes. It was so funny. The other day, um, my husband and I were kind of sick. And so we were just like laying there. (laughs) We told my daughter, take care of us. We're hungry. Take your bike to Taco Bell and get us some burritos. Just fill (laughs) fill up your little pouch on the front of your your bike. And she goes, wait, are you serious? No, no, I'm not letting a six-year-old go ride a mile away to the Taco Bell. Makes you feel like that would be an option. (laughs) Not only that, but like the Taco Bell's far enough away. Like we've never walked there, rode there, but she's gonna ride her bike. I'm like, oh my god, kids are so fun. They are so fun. (laughs) Instead, I was like, just go find me, go find me something, and she brought me a little pack of fruit snacks. Like, Aww, hey, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all righty. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you all today. And yes. uh, we can't wait to see you next week. See and if you, you love to keep this up in between, be sure to check us out on Instagram. Feel free to follow us yes. over there. And if you really want to keep the conversation going, join us on Patreon. Yes, we have a Discord channel. Yes, we have a Discord channel. And I promise you, Angela and I are very active in there. So yes, we will chat with you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. We're so honored this is where you chose to spend your time. If this episode helped you in some way, please share it with another mom who needs to hear it. We're in this together. And if you're looking to spend even more time with us, visit marketingmomspodcast.com for more episodes, free goodies, and ways to connect. Don't forget to check out our brand new Marketing Moms book, now available on Amazon. 